I strongly believe I am not powerful enough to ruin God's plan. So if I take an opportunity and it turns out to be the wrong one, it's okay. I'm not going to I'm not going to die. Nobody else is going to die over this decision. We'll just find a new way. And so really taking time to not be distracted, put your phone down for a little bit, you know, get some real quiet time in our head. It really helps hear that voice and hear what our true calling and passion is for. Um, it's very easy to just keep down the same path that we're on because we're so distracted that somehow it's the end of the day again. And then the next day starts and we live distracted all day long. And so, of course, we stay stuck and time goes fast. A year goes by and we're still in the same position, but we still have that desire in our heart that we want something different. So you just got to start. Just start. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCur, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. Today is a fun one. I am joined by Ambrosia Boyd. She is a nurse practitioner and founder of Feel Better AZ. And what she does is hormone replacement therapy. But today's podcast is all about how she went from a high school dropout to truly living the life of her dreams. You guys are going to take so much away from today's episode. Be sure to share this with someone who also needs to hear that you can get unstuck and decide it's your turn at any point in time. Okay, y'all, I'm really excited for today's podcast. My girlfriend, Rosia Boyd, is joining me. And I say girlfriend, but like the thing is, is like we've been connected on social media for such a long time. And that's how this podcast actually came about. I had put up a social media box, like who should be on my podcast? And not very often do I actually say yes to someone who asks, but (laughs) you asked. And I thought, Absolutely. Let's do this because I want to get to know a little bit more about you. You have such an amazing story and really the theme of your life, kind of like we kind of talked about is the fact that you've gotten yourself unstuck so many times. And so I would love for you to introduce yourself to my audience. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Um, I definitely was taking a big leap by when you said, do you know anybody that I should interview on my podcast and saying me? (laughs) Yeah, girl, that's confidence and I'm here for it. (laughs) I thought if anybody will appreciate this, it's going to be you. So let's go for it. Um, So like you said, my name is Ambrosia. Um, I live here in Arizona. I was born and raised here. Um, I'm an only child. Um, So I love living here. I have had a crazy path to getting where I am now. Um, I am currently a family nurse practitioner. I run my own uh, practice. And 
I've been in the military. I have been married and divorced, and I dropped out of high school when I was young. So crazy uh, path to getting where I am today. Yeah. Well, let's talk about all of this different seasons, because I think that there's so many people that are going to resonate with like perhaps different parts of your story or can put themselves in your story before we get to the part about you kind of and, and so kindly, obviously, filling out the form for the podcast. You're like, Christina motivate, motivated me over the years. And we've never worked together. You're not a client. So like, it's really exciting that, you know, someone can witness from afar and then really hold themselves accountable to do great things. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. But I'd love for you to tell us like, you know, one of the things that really resonated was the fact that, you know, you dropped out of high school um, before graduating and now you have this successful practice and you've been in the military. But let, let's kind of start there. Like what what was it about that season that you just said, I'm done with this? You know, so it was about my sophomore year and my parents when I was growing up were incredibly strict. So that doesn't go well for a high school girl social life. So not only was I not having a very good in experience in high school, but honestly, I was just bored. Um, I would go to school and I could get done what needed to be done in two hours. So I didn't really understand why I needed to sit there for eight hours. And so um, I approached my mom about it and she said, well, let's find what's next. And so I never went back. Uh, I immediately got my GED and I started working. So it wasn't that I, you know, dropped out and stayed home and, you know, squandered my time. I was busy right away, but I found so much more enjoyment out of being productive in how I defined the term. Isn't that interesting? Because I feel like obviously I don't have children. You don't have children either, do you? I don't. I have two stepsons, but I met them when they were a little older. Yeah. But, you know, it's so interesting when I think back about my school. I mean, I was crap at school up until college. Like, I really wasn't. My my senior year of high school, I lost my best friend and, like, due to suicide. And that year was complete disaster. And I really feel like most of my school life was complete disaster until I went to college, where I went back at almost 22 and um, was actually giving a shit to be there kind of situation. But you know, I think even over the pandemic, there was so many parents that were like, almost realized that like, exactly what you said, like, my kids are being given all of this work that they can accomplish in like two hours. And there's so many things that we don't learn in life. And we're going to talk about some of the the health things here today. But you know, there's so many things that we don't learn in school, like, we learn like zero when it comes to actual life. So even, you know, this is just my personal opinion, but I actually agree with you. Like, fuck it. Like, you don't really learn much. And if you can, obviously, there's, you know, there's more ways to skin a cat kind of situation. Like, you don't only have to go to school in order to be successful. Like, I think it's freaking so cool that you even say that because I think it gives parents permission. I'm so grateful, honestly. It sounds kind of crazy, you know, now as an adult thinking about when we had, you know, when I stepped into the uh, teenage boys' lives, but. I'm so grateful that my parents gave me the opportunity to move on um, because I think it would have just been terrible. I think I would have been really rebellious and just bored. And, you know, so I'm grateful that they let me take that step. And to your point of we don't learn all life skills in school. So I was about almost 16 and I got my first job, you know, right after I had left high school. 
and it was in retail and I had to give somebody change. And I remember the manager teaching me how to count back change. And I didn't know how to do that just coming out of high school. And so I was like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> and I still use that skill today. You know, we don't pay in cash very often anymore, but I learned that outside of the traditional education system. 110%. It's funny that you say that. So my parents used to own a golf course when I was really little. And I promise you, the reason why I was good at the things that I was good at is because I worked inside the golf shop. I mean, I remember giving change to people like when probably when I probably had no business being there at like six or seven years old, yeah. I was outside cleaning golf clubs and some of them would give me a 20 and I had to make change for them. Like those were the skills that I had actually learned. And sure as shit, I didn't learn them in school for like, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just so bizarre. And especially nowadays where people like literally have zero communication skills. I, I truly believe the only skill I really, really am good at is the power of human connection. And you don't even learn that in school. You definitely don't. I remember I was serving tables and I was um, the general manager had come in with his family one night. And so I was serving them. And every time they would say thank you, I would say no problem. And he didn't say anything until the next day when he was actually back at work. And I was also working a shift and he pulled me aside and he graciously said, you served us last night and you did a great job. But when you respond to somebody's thank you, when you say no problem, it has a negative connotation. Please say you're welcome from here on out. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. And you move on adopting new skills. Yes, girl. Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. So after you dropped out of high school, you immediately got your GED, you went to work in retail and restaurants and all the things. What was the next step after that? Because like, that's the first way you kind of got unstuck. You saw a situation where you're like, ah, school sucks. And this is not for me. And I'm about to go crazy if I don't get out of this. So what was the next kind of stuck situation you were in? Yeah. So Funny enough, I think it happens for everybody about this time because you mentioned the same age. So I was still working. I was 22 at the time. I was working in a bar um, yeah. and, you know, I, and I was enjoying it. It was a great job. It was fun. The music was loud. It was, you know, all intents and purposes, very easy. But all of a sudden I was looking around and I was like, oh, this is not going to last forever. I better get something together. And so I went, <laughs> I got off work. I took myself down the street to the community college that was there. And I thought, I don't know what I like to do, but I know you need general education classes. So let's just enroll in, you know, all the traditional math, English, science, whatever. So I started taking those classes and I got to my first science class and I thought, I really, really like this. So what can I do with science? And um, nursing at the time was what I decided to do. So I found the advisor and said, what do I need to do? And they gave me a big list of courses I need to accomplish before I could apply to the actual nursing program. And I just started knocking them out. Oh so I love that because I think so many people feel like they have to know the final answer before. I, and I've said this on this podcast a hundred times before. I think so many people stop themselves because they don't know exactly what the final destination looked like. The brilliant thing that you did there is you just took the first step. You're like, okay, this situation is not going to last forever. This is clearly not what I want to do. What is the next best step? And then you still went to community college and you didn't know exactly what you wanted to do with it. So you're like, okay, let me take the next first step, which is the general education. And then you went into nursing and you obviously finished that degree. 
I did finish that degree. Yep. And um, I had always wanted to join the military. I think it just, you know, my growing up watching Top Gun, yeah, <laughs> gentlemen, all those movies, right? I was just infatuated with the military. Um, but I did know enough that I wanted to be an officer. And so I went ahead and finished my degree in nursing. Um, and then life happens. I got married. I uh, needed to stay home for some reasons. But then I turned 30 and it was like another one of those moments in life where it was, um, it's now or never. And so I'm not getting any younger. And so I called the military recruiter and said, I want to join. What do I need to do? <laughs> so at 30 so years old. At 30 years old. That is epic. That is so good. You guys, this is total proof that like at any moment in time, you can decide it's your turn. Like you're just like the spitting image of this over and over again. So you joined the military, uh, Air Force. Yes. Yes. I, so I joined the Air Force and what a great experience. You learn so much in the military. So you learn who you want to be, you learn who you don't want to be, because there's a lot of leaders in the military and many of them have your best interests at heart and um, they teach you and groom you and grow you and you get opportunities that I never would have gotten. Uh, and I got, so like I said, born and raised in Arizona, I joined the military out of Arizona. I got stationed in Washington, DC, which was wonderful, such a big change in culture. So that was so fun. Um, but my I'm an only child, like I'd said, my mom got really sick while right away, right when I first joined the military. And uh, so they were gracious enough to move me all the way back across the country and home to Arizona so that I could care for her. So um, the military taught me things. I'm forever grateful to them. That's so cool. So now you're obviously still not in it. So what does that so for not everyone who knows only like you said a stat in your form that I thought was so crazy. Only 1% of Americans join the military. Yes. It's a really small percentage that decides to wear the uniform. Wow. That's so yeah. crazy to me. You know, obviously, you know, and some of my audience knows, but I was not born in America. I am a Canadian by birth, but I am now an American citizen. And I truly believe it's the greatest country on the planet. And I just thank you so much for your service. Wow. And I'm just so grateful. Over the years, when I was playing professional golf, I was involved with a lot of military golf charity events. And just being a part of those events just gave me so, um, so much education and so much like, just so much passion for the military and the members who serve. And so just first of all, thank you. And thank you for sharing that stat. Like I doubt that many people even know that, which is so sad in my opinion, because there's so many beautiful blessings. My massage therapist, who was actually in my mastermind before, um, she is, uh, you know, she graduated out of the military. She got her, like, I think she'd been in it 25 years now. So she's got her, like her pension and all of the benefits and like such a blessing to her. It is. It's such a blessing. And, and it was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was such a privilege to serve. It really, it was a great time in my life. So cool. So do you have to like come out of that? Like, did you have to serve for a certain amount of time? How does that work? You do. So I had gone in intending to make that my career and serve for 20 years. Um, but you sign a contract when you initially go in. It's different for everybody and depending on what professional field you're in. Um, but my contract was four years. And so I intended to stay for 20, but I met my husband while I was in the Air Force and he was also active duty in the Air Force. 
And it's a complicated uh, life to blend two active duty people. We were constantly apart from each other. And um, so when we met, he had been in for 16 years. And to your friend's point of, you know, receiving a pension and all these blessings at the end of your career, it made much more sense for him to stay and finish his 20 years than it did for me to try to stay the next 16. I was about to say, I'm like, I'm looking at you and you look phenomenal and there's no way that you're uh, 50 years old. So So my wish. No, (laughs) that's the Botox. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, girl, we're here for it. I am all here for it. By the way, stay tuned to this podcast because we are going to get to that part where Ambrosia is now in her life. So after the military, you met your husband, obviously. So before you joined, you said you were married. You Did you divorce before you were 30? Uh, we divorced right about 30, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I joined the military, I think it was another um, blessing in disguise, really, at the time for both of us. And it gave both of us the confidence to say, this is not really working. What are we doing? I'm about to move across the country. You don't really want to come. Let's just call it now. Do you feel like that that's the reason why you joined? Because you were kind of stuck in that marriage and that was something that you like that would have given you the out? Yes, I definitely think that's (laughs) part of it. The fact that I called the recruiter and signed on the dotted line before I said anything to my husband at the time, I think tells us that I was feeling really stuck. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah, I think that that's just like another pivotal thing that you just decided to take the action to kind of change the situation that you were quote unquote stuck in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then after you get out of the military, your husband uh, gets his pension, you're, you put in your four years, then what happened? Gosh, so I so I was a nurse in the military. So once you have a degree, you can if it translates to what the military needs, you can work as that. So I worked as a nurse in the military. Um, And I when I was in the Air Force, I found out that I loved leadership more than I loved nursing. So when I was exiting, I thought we need to change something here. I don't want to stay as a nurse. Um, And so the next step traditionally in nursing looks like getting an advanced degree. So um, another blessing of the Air Force is the GI Bill comes with that. So they'll pay for your further education. So I used that and went to graduate school. Um, My husband at the time had just exited the military. And so he was looking for his next steps too. We're really involved in our local church and they approached him about coming on staff. So we had lots of life changes that I was going to grad school. Um, he was, you know, moving from a medical background to becoming a pastor. And so we just, that was a couple years of just transitional time. Yeah. What was the, and I'd love for you to kind of talk about it, but like, what were the things that you did during that time to really make the decision, like to kind of go all in on the transition? Because I think so many people are kind of in these transitional times where, you know, going from a 20 years of a military career, 20 years of a and you said he was in like a position in medical. Yeah. yeah he was in medical, medical field as well. Yeah. So how, like, what are the thoughts that are going through your head? What are the steps that you're taking? Because I think this is just so pivotal. So many people are in these transitions. So many people are in these moments that are making massive life changes. And there, there, you made the changes. I will promise you 50, at least 50% of my audience, if not more, and the general public will stay in the former life because it's so scary to transition to the new life. I agree. It is scary. And I think it's 
I don't know what happens chemically in our brains, but as we get older, but when we're younger, it's so easy to take those risks. And every year we get older, we think there's another reason and another reason not to change, you know? And so I think I had heard when I was in my early twenties from a lady who at that time was probably in her mid sixties. She told me, when you get older, you are going to regret the things that you didn't do more than you're going to regret the things you did do, even if you count those as mistakes. And um, so everyone pause this podcast, go back, hit that 15 second back button, because that is 100% bang on. I totally agree with you. Go yeah, ahead. no, I, so you I, <laughs> I never forgot that. And she's so right. And so that's why I think what you do in confidence and taking action, deciding to do something is so key because there are a, a laundry list of reasons not to take the next step or not to change or not to try something new. But if you feel that little twinge in your heart that's telling you you might want something new, it's there for a reason. So just take the first step, whatever that looks like, and just it will go from there. Yes. A hundred percent. Like I totally agree with you. And you and I are obviously faith-based and, um, you know, for me, like, just like what you said, that little twinge inside of you, that that's God's voice. That's like the small inner voice. That's the thing that like, I think about when I think about my pennies, you know, like that is just the small, still voice nudging you in the right direction. I just think so many people nowadays tune it out. They don't know how to listen to it anymore. How did you guys get to the point that you started to listen to that? Um, trial and error, I think, and looking back and, you know, on our topic of faith, just seeing God's faithfulness, everything has worked out. And I strongly believe I am not powerful to, enough to ruin God's plan. So if I take an opportunity and it turns out to be the wrong one, it's okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna die. Nobody else is gonna die over this decision. We'll just find a new way. And so, um, really, taking time to not be distracted, put your phone down for a little bit, you know, get some real quiet time in our head. It really helps hear that voice and hear what our true calling and passion is for. Um, it's very easy to just keep down the same path that we're on because we're so distracted that somehow it's the end of the day again. And then the next day starts and we live distracted all day long. And so of course we stay stuck and a year, time goes fast. A year goes by and we're still in the same position, but we still have that desire in our heart that we want something different. So you just got to start. Just start. Just decide. That's right. So your husband went to the church and you um, decided to get your nurse, nurse practitioner. And then how did you go from what you're so passionate about now? Like, I know this is the part that we're so excited about. And ladies, you're going to want to pay attention to this. As I'm excited about this. We're going to talk about this. This is so cool. So you got the nurse practitioner. Then what? So then I found myself again in a lull, right? Very excited for my new position and all these things. But I, that was the first time in life that I didn't feel well. Um, physically, I was tired, all the things that we don't feel well, you know, I was tired, I just did not feel as well, um, as I knew I could. And so luckily, my very first job, uh, happened to do some hormone therapy, and you don't learn about those things when you're in school. And so I had to go to some conferences and some continuing education to learn about that. 
And um, so I got trained in hormone therapy and I was like, there's really something to this. This, you know, it's because I had gone when I didn't feel well, I had gone to my primary care and I said, I'm just really tired all the time. Something is off. And we did the traditional steps of drawing blood and things. And the answer was, everything looks normal. You're, You're just fine. Older. Yes. It's in the normal range. We yeah. all hear it. Um, just so the audience knows yeah. kind of how old are you? Yeah. So at that time I was 36. Okay, cool. And my physician's answer was everything is normal. You're just getting older. And I thought you have got to be 30 friggin' six. What a joke. Right. That's exactly what went through my head. You have got to be fucking kidding me. You can, there is no way I'm going to live the rest of my life starting to feel worse. So I had to start looking for answers. So now I'm 41. But at that time when all that started, I was uh, 36. Hey, y'all, it's Christina. So you hear on this podcast a lot be talking about my clients. Well, I'm obsessed with what I get to do. Let me just say it. I'm the best at what I get to do. I am 100% the best coach that you will find. I am so passionate about helping you gain the confidence to live a life that you're obsessed with and make a fuck ton of money doing it. You guys, one-on-one coaching is my specialty. It's what I do fantastically. It's the reason why I've been sold out for such a long period of time. In 2023, I am going to bring on one, maybe two new one-on-one clients. In order to get the opportunity to have one of those spaces, you have to be on my one-on-one coaching wait list. If this is something that you think that you'd be interested in or excited for, get your name on the one-on-one coaching wait list. The link is in the show notes. You can find that link in my Instagram at bchristina in the bio, or text me the word coach to 501-222. 3362. I'll get your name on the wait list and I will contact you. We will do a discovery call to make sure I am the best fit for you and you are the best fit for me. Like I said, I've been sold out in my one-on-one practice for quite some time, but I will be taking on a couple new clients in 2023. And if you want to be one of them, I cannot wait to connect. For me, all of this kind of rigor morale started when I was like 30. And like for guys, you're, you, you can still tune into this, but like, there's going to be a little bit of TMI past this point. But for (laughs) me, like my hormones, obviously I treated like my body, like dog shit for like at least 15 years, like with my eating disorder, just hating myself, constantly stressed out, you know, making my worth on what I did versus who I was. And so like, it was just like everything was tapped. So I've really never had any hormones technically in my body. I started getting these tests, like the Dutch tests and all the things like at about 30 years old. Um, and that was even then it's like, even right now, you know, I have a great, um, you know, I I have a, a gynecologist who's, you know, a great person, but still there's a lot of, you know, don't worry, just get on the pill or just take this hormone and you'll be fine. And like, Oh, you're just in menopause. I'm like, I was 30 at the time for crying out loud. Yeah. It's, um, it's really, it's really scary that, the the broad answer is well here's what we're dealing with let's just move on and uh, not look further into why or how can we feel better so so what did really- your journey like i'd love to know about your journey for the next however many years until you decided fuck it i'm going to do this myself yeah so it really became my passion you know i got trained in it i started treating myself and feeling better and i was like wow this is amazing and i started seeing patients feel better And I was working for other people and doing this. And all of a sudden it was like, 
you know, I want something more. This is what I want to do, but I also want to be in charge and in control of more of my daily life. With my husband being a pastor, he's got a very demanding job, um, time-wise, emotional-wise, but I want to be there for those things when there's somebody that's getting baptized on a Tuesday afternoon at noon and they need somebody to take the photos or just want somebody there to support them. I wanted that freedom and flexibility of deciding my own uh, days, what the day in and day out looked like. And so I tried uh, initially to open my own practice, but I was scared. And so I kept my full-time job and tried to open a business on the side. When you're in healthcare, that doesn't work very well because I just burned myself out. You know, I'm working a full-time job and at night at 7 p.m., I'm trying to answer my own business emails and phone calls and things like that. And so that's probably the one time in my life that I didn't move forward and actually take the action steps for what I knew I wanted. I went ahead and closed the practice down and just stayed in a full-time position working for somebody else. And life certainly was easier, but it wasn't better. I still had that call in my heart that this is not what you're created to do. You need to do it for yourself. So a couple more years went by. And then I, I just told Nathan, I said, I can't, we have to do this. It's, I lay awake every night and think about how uh, I can do this better. And so it just, again, just went for it. I started looking for what you need to do to start a business and just slowly uh, contacting people and opening those doors. And here we are now six months into being reopened and fully opened. Oh my gosh. I think there's just so much there. And congratulations, by the way. I just think Thank that's so, so amazing. Much. Yeah. It, it's just truly a blessing, you guys. And and here's the thing, like none of the things that she said were wrong. Like she took the time, she started, and then she closed it. Doesn't mean anything about anything. You know, I was actually just doing a social post the other day about like not letting it mean anything. Obviously, it wasn't the right time. Perhaps it would have happened right in the beginning of the pandemic. And it would have you know, I have a client who literally she's been on this podcast who the founder of Danny and Maddie, and she told the story about had she signed the offer in February, right before the pandemic, it would have never have been successful the way it is today. And sometimes God is just guiding those steps. So we never know the reason why it didn't work for you then. But it doesn't mean anything unless you choose to make it mean anything. I think the important part there is that at some point in time, you just got sick and tired of the excuses. And you just decided and you you burnt all the bridges. And guess what? Now you're six months in and you're successful. Yeah. And it and it feels so good. And it's um it's hard and it's challenging and it's scary and it's still all of those things. Um, but you go to sleep at night feeling so good. Yeah, and newsflash, it doesn't usually get a ton better. Like I really want everyone to kind of hear that in some regard because like it's like, you know, that whole old saying, like new, uh, new level, new devil, like it's exactly the same thing. Like no matter what you're doing, at least now though, it's on your own terms, at least now you're, and something that I think is really important here. Um, one of the things, the reasons why you wanted to create this was to support your husband and to be, and create more of a life that you want. I think oftentimes in, in, especially in the social media industry, we got so caught up with like, um, the, the, like the outside of it, like what it looks like the shiny objects of it. And 
I'll be honest with you. I, I think I'm very, very good at understanding that I know what I want for life and in, in as a whole. Like, I don't want to just create a job. I don't want to create something that like I'm a slave to where I could go be a slave to someone else. Like, I really want to create a life. Could I be doing more? Could I be doing things differently? Could I be scaling grander and all the things? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, too, I want to create a life. I will never give up time with time is my most valuable asset on the planet. Like, I'm sure you feel similar, but like you want to be able to go on a Tuesday to do that. And sometimes there's sacrifices to that. And sometimes it's scary. I just think it's really important for you guys to all hear like the reasons why she wanted to create this. There was nothing wrong with her working for that other physician or that other practice, but she knew in her heart, she wanted to create something of her own. Does that feel true? It feels so true. You're right to me as well. Time is my most valuable asset. And, um, and I, I want to be able to arrange it the way I want to. And so, you know, I had mentioned, I have two stepsons. They live across the country from us. You know, they, they play division one sports and I want to be able to go to a meet or go to something like that. And so time, time freedom is key. I wanted to create a life around my passions. And so that was the way to do it for me. That's so freaking cool. So let's dive into this hormone stuff too, for a a second. So if like, and and then we'll, I want to end on something a little different. You guys, this podcast is all over the place, but you know that and you're here for it. So I'm here for it. Um, so if there's a woman listening to this, um, podcast right now, and she's like, Oh my God, this is me. I'm in my thirties, forties, fifties, whatever. And I feel crap. I'm tired. I'm always, and they like do a relatively good job taking care of themselves. Like, I feel like I do a relatively good job taking care of myself, but like there's times where I feel like absolute dog shit for sure. So what are like some of the first steps? How would someone get in contact with, I know you're based in Arizona, but like, what are the first steps and what do you suggest? Yeah. So we are based in Arizona. We do have telemedicine available now, which is wonderful. Um, Yeah. But first steps always, I would say find a local or somewhere provider to you that talks on their website or their social media about the benefits of bioidentical hormone therapy. Um, Traditional medicine is not wrong and I am grateful for it. You know, when I have a broken arm, I'm not going to give myself hormones to fix it. I want traditional medicine, but we don't learn a lot about hormone therapy in school. And so there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that the, your traditional medicine doesn't have the answers. And so looking outside of that is really key. So um, naturopaths are great. Nurse practitioners are great. But anybody in any, any discipline in medicine can get hormone education. So just search for words like that on their websites. Bioidentical hormone therapy means that they're interested in it and educated in it and willing to help. Yeah, that's exactly, those are the hormone therapies that I took. However, you know, just kind of just being pretty much vulnerable and blunt, it didn't really work a ton for me, to be honest with you. Like I did bioidentical hormones, I think since like, I think I did them for about three years from maybe 32 to 35 type of situation. And like, I didn't see a ton better. The thing that really shifted in my life about that 30 year age, 32 year age, I think was the fact that I was healing my emotions, healing my mental state, healing my, you know, the 
trauma, quote unquote, the trauma in my body. I think that that was a big part of it. But still, even to this day, I don't even get a cycle. So like I still am super low on on hormones, but I I did like the progesterone, the testosterone, the estrogen, the uh, human growth hormone. I did all of it and didn't see a huge um, change in the way I felt like what was the person doing it, not doing it correctly or like was there is there something else could possibly be off? I'm using this now as like a fucking free session. Perfect. Let's do this. <laughs> well. There's so much unknown in this, right? I really would, to give you a great answer, I really would have to know your details specifically. Um, I don't, and I'm always hesitant to say that somebody was doing something wrong, but maybe it just wasn't enough. That's a possibility. And also something key that you said in healing your trauma and your hurts and your emotions, hormones are a wonderful foundation for our health and our quality of life, but they don't override life. So if we are still struggling desperately with a, you know, a death or grief or something or some massive health issue, they're not going to override all of that. You're not going to feel perfect just because you start balancing your hormones again, but they're a fantastic foundation to give us the tools to feel better through life and deal with all of those other traumas. So if you're not using it now, maybe try it again now that you're on a better emotional and mental and physical path. Yeah, for sure. And do you take them forever? You take them as long as you want to feel the positive effects for them. Okay. Because unfortunately, we lose our hormones peak in our early 20s and they start declining around our 30s, um, mid 30s, early 30s sometimes. And then they just, they never get better. They go on a steady, constant decline just a consequence of aging. And so by supplementing them, we're never going to restart your body's natural production. Um, So you take them as long as you like the benefits that you feel from them. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll set up a set up a session with you. Perfect. Um, The other question I have is, are you big on like the, so do you listen to Danica Patrick's podcast? I don't, but I love her. When I see her on TV, I'm like glued to it. So, I'll oh my to- gosh, you have okay. to listen to her podcast because you you guys know, like, if anyone out there fucking knows Danica, I've been asking her team for like five years. Every <laughs> year, every January, I swear to God, I send her team a message, and they're like, "No," I'm like, "Okay, cool. I'll talk to you again next That's year." Just- until they block my email. But anyway, all of that to be said, she's obsessed with this stuff right now because she has been sick for such a long period of time. Obviously, like. She's had a, you know, she's very much into the spiritual. She's very much into the mindset. She's very much into her health. She recently got her breast implants out. Um, that was like a big um case of like she had like all the metal poisoning and all of the things. Her podcast is fantastic. She brings on a ton of people that I'm sure you would love. But she talks a lot now about like her eating and all sorts of supplements. She gets these injections, she's doing all sorts of things. So do you just do hormone therapy? Or are you like your eating's on a certain level? You do sort of all sorts of injections. Like, it, how, what's your lifestyle like? Because obviously, you know, you look fantastic for forty-one. You feel fantastic now. So, like, what does that look like on your side? <laughs> yeah. So, I think I really do feel like hormones are key, um, but because they play a role. That's what I hear over and over is, you know, a woman that's in her mid forties to fifties will come in and go, "My skin just does not look as good as it used to." 
And that's estrogen. Estrogen is key in keeping our skin youthful. And so hormones are great foundation, but yes, it's a whole lifestyle. I mean, I sleep well. Um, so I, my sleep is really important to me. I block out, you know, hours to sleep because I can't function. And so that gives me a good solid mental foundation. Um, I try to eat well, but I also enjoy, enjoy life. You know, I eat brownies and things like that. So (laughs) you're my girl. (laughs) It is a lifestyle for sure. You know, you want to be well-rounded and healthy overall. Um, and hormones are a piece of that. Cool. So people can find you, tell everyone where they can find you just while we're on this topic about, you know, reaching out to you, you can do telehealth in other States. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. We have licensing in other States. So that's really beneficial for everybody. Um, and if, if not in specific States, I have lots of colleagues that I've met over the years and I'm happy to refer people, um, to the colleagues that are near them because I, I'd rather everybody get treated and feel better. Do you Um, treat men as well? I do. Men are key. Um, Men are supposed to be the head of the household, right? And not in a, not in a macho way, but they are supposed to lead their house. And when men's testosterone for them starts falling, they lose their motivation. They lose their drive. They get very complacent and it hurts their ego as well. If you really talk to them, because they know they have that internal desire to lead and provide and um, be the strong figure in the household. And so, yes, we treat men as well. And it's really, really key for them. We have mutual um, acquaintances in Eric and Amy. And I know they've made, they've talked a lot recently about Eric using testosterone and how much better he feels. Really? That's so interesting. I saw that on Amy. They did a podcast about it. and he feels a lot better from what she has said. Yeah. Is there any dangers in using like hormone replacement therapy? So again, individual, like case by case basis, there's some people that may not be appropriate for, um, but bioidenticals are really, really safe and very effective and things have, we know a lot more than we used to and things keep getting better and better and safer and safer. Awesome. Yeah, that's what I did. I did use the bioidentical when I did do it because I I, like, obviously, my mom is like, a woo woo, like not when it comes to food, like, my mother is like the person who like wants, she'll spend 1000s of dollars on organic, all the healthy shit, and then she won't like spend $5 on anything else. But all of that to be said, I have gotten that positive from her in the fact that like, she believes in, you know, you fueling your body really well with like the best foods and things like that. I'm getting better. Like I do have organic products in my home now, not all of them. I haven't fully committed to all of the, the, like the cleaning supplies and facial stuff. Like I still use freaking hairspray that I'm sure is the thing that's going to kill me for sure. (laughs) According to my mother. But all of that to be said is um, it's good to know for sure that, you know, everyone can use this or that everyone should be using it. And that it's definitely something that we should all look into. Now, just to kind of give people a a range, if if you were to commit to a program of some kind, what would be the range that this would probably cost you each month? Oh, my goodness. So 
I feel like much or as little kind of situation as you want. Uh, that's true, but to, like basic foundational, you know, let's get started in hormone replacement yeah. therapy. On average, a hundred dollars a month. That's it. That's it. Oh, I was getting fucked. I'm definitely calling you. I was spending like literally probably five hundred to a thousand. Yeah, and it makes me so sad. I just talked to somebody yesterday who she's young. She's in her mid thirties. She's had all these miscarriages. She all kinds of health issues, right? And she said, "I literally went to my physician the other day, and they told me." We told you to lose weight and you gained weight. Do you know what lose weight means? And it makes me so sad that people are suffering, whether they were couldn't afford the treatment or they just couldn't find treatment for themselves. So yeah, it's not outrageously expensive. It's doable. We can cut out Starbucks or whatever our treats are and find that income for it. Oh, fuck yes. I totally agree with that. I think if someone wants something bad enough, that absolutely you can always figure it out. We were talking about this in my mastermind the other day about like how there's so much money in your life that you don't even know that you have if you would actually get specific on knowing what it is that you want. And this is about your life, you guys. This is about the experience of your life, making your life a hundred times better. And I think obviously as we get older, we start realizing that we want to be, well, I know I do. I literally want the best experience out of life. And if this is something that is going to help me, then it's something that it, like my life overall, 90% is fucking awesome. 80% of my life is awesome. And I love my life and I feel great 80% of the time. But if I can spend a couple hundred bucks and feel great 85% of the time, why the fuck not? Right. Quality of life is everything. We Time is so valuable, right? And we want to spend it well and enjoy it. So quality yeah. of life is, is huge. Amazing. Um, before we end, thank you so much. I'd love for everyone again, I think I cut you off of when people can find you. <laughs> but um, where can everyone find you? Where can they find you for therapy? Where can they find you online? All of the things. Yeah. So the name of the business is Feel Better AZ. And so that's the website, www.feelbetteraz. That's the Instagram. And those are probably the two easiest ways to connect. Perfect. Feel Better AZ, AZ for Arizona, you guys. And um, the last question I always ask everyone is, if, was there ever a decision you were afraid to make, but once you made it, you felt like it was the best decision ever? Or if not, what was the lesson that you learned? That's a great question. Um, and all these decisions are flipping through my head right now. And honestly, I would say probably making the decision to join the Air Force at the age of 30 was the biggest decision. It was scary. I left my hometown. I left you know, everything I had known, friends, family, jobs, just knowing the area um, to join a world that you really know nothing about. You see it on TV, but you really don't know what it's going to be like. And it was the best experience ever. I've already mentioned some of the benefits, but it, I'm so grateful for that experience. It um, It showed me new places in the world. It showed me new aspects of the world. Um, I met incredible people that taught me valuable skills and qualities. And so best decision, I guess, takeaway from that is if there's something that you want to do, you should do it. Find the yeah. way and make it happen. Absolutely. And you met your husband and you started your job and all of the things. Everything got better. Not to say it wasn't hard. It was hard, but it got better. You guys, I'm so grateful for this podcast. Thanks for being a guest. 
Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.